just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It is Tuesday. We're pushing through yet another week with all the things going on in this country and across the world. It's always busy, always plenty to talk about. Before we get into it, there's a couple of things I wanted to bring up. Earlier today, um, I put something on TikTok, and I also was going to put it on Facebook. And basically, the title of it was Getting It Done Without Any Help. That's what the title was. Put it out on TikTok, no big deal. Then I was putting it on Facebook. And then when I put it up, I realized, ah, shit, I didn't attach the video that goes along with it. So I tried to delete it. No problem. So then I reposted it with the video like it should be. Well, for some reason, that first one didn't actually get deleted. So it was just a written post. And all it said was getting it done or getting it down without any help. Now, if I was 25 years old, people would have said, hey, Mike, you fucked up. Oh, fix that. (laughs) That's not what happened with me now as a 62, soon to be 63-year-old man. I got probably seven to eight people writing me a note, DMing me and saying, what happened, man? Did you fall? (laughs) I go, what? Did I fall? Where did that fucking come from? But they somehow surmised through this, this post that should have been deleted that had no video with it that I was sending out a distress signal. Let me tell you something. I'm pretty fortunate. I'm pretty healthy. I don't get hurt that often. But if I ever do get hurt, you're never going to hear me on this podcast or on TikTok or on Facebook crying about it. We all have our lives and we all have our issues. And just because I might stub my toe or something doesn't mean I'm going to come here and cry about it because all of you have the very same problems. And it's very arrogant for me to sit here and say, well, mine's more important because I have a platform and I don't feel good. Fuck that. So anyway, I had to tell these people, hey, I appreciate the concern, but I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm always fine. I'll always be okay. And it reminded me of how things got to be different with my kids. When I was young in my 30s, and I might fall asleep in a chair. You got to remember back in those days, I was getting up at 4.30 in the morning, probably didn't go to bed till late, maybe had five hours, maybe had four hours sleep. So it wouldn't be uncommon for me to be sitting in a chair and fall asleep at 9 or 10 o'clock at night. And when I did, my kids, my wife, they would always make fun of me. Oh, you're lazy, you're sleeping in again, you know, all that kind of stuff. And that was, you know, well-intentioned ribbing, okay? Soon as I turned 50, soon as I turned 50, I'd fall asleep on the chair again. Because I had the same hours. I didn't retire till I was like 57, 58. So I'd fall asleep in the chair, but now I'm 50. These kids and my wife that would kid me now seem somehow seem concerned because instead of them pushing me and say, Dad, you're lazy, <laughs> they would come up to me now and they go, Dad, Dad, you okay? You okay? <laughs> it's like they're waiting for me to keel over. And I I hate to tell you this, I'm not going to keel over. My grandfather lived to be about 92 years old. He and I aren't that much different. Um, I suspect I'll I'll, I'll live to a ripe old age, at least into the mid-80s. Not that that, I'm excited about that. I'm going to try to be as active and cognizantly normal as I can. But it's funny, once you get older... People, people start expecting you to just keel over. The other thing I find funny, too, is when I go in stores. Now, 
I don't walk with a cane. I don't walk with a limp. I walk normally. I'm older. Yes, I'm older. But here's the funny thing. Every time I go into a store, <laughs> every time I go into a store, if there's a younger person in front of me, doesn't matter if it's male or female, if there's a younger person there, and I could be halfway through the parking lot, those people will come to the door, they'll hold the door open, and they'll wait for me until I come in. <laughs> I mean, are they looking at me saying, oh, this guy doesn't have a fucking prayer. I better open the door. That little bit of exertion might kill him. <laughs> so I thank him, and I walk in the door. And it's, it's it, you know, in some ways, it's good getting old. Because with me, they're underestimating me as far as what I can and can't do, how I can think, what I can say. So when they meet me, they're sometimes surprised that I'm not quite as infirmed as maybe some other people might be. But anyway, the next thing I wanted to talk about before we get into it, I did something yesterday that will be the last time I ever did it. Now, I will tell you this. I've said this before about this one thing, that I would never do it again. But I was pressured into doing it again this last time. But after having done it, I promise you I will never fucking do it again. Now you're probably wondering, what am I talking about? Did I say something stupid on TikTok or did I piss off a Trump fuck? No, 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 no. It's not that dramatic. What I did yesterday with the help of my wife, and I use that term sparingly, help. <laughs> She's asleep now. She, she doesn't listen to the podcast, so I'm safe. But what I did yesterday is I purchased, my wife and I purchased and put together an Ikea dresser. Now, first and foremost, I don't like Ikea. My wife and I go into Ikea, and they got these arrows where you got to go certain ways. Well, you know my wife and I will go the fucking opposite way just to confuse and piss people off. We do that. I'm not going to go through the whole store to get over to the fucking uh, uh, um, drying towels or whatever the fuck we're going to buy. So anyway, we buy this dresser, and now I got to put it together. I fucking absolutely hate doing this. I mean, it's not exactly hard, but it's time intensive. It takes a long time. You got these little screws that you got to fit in these little holes, and then you got to hold them, and then you got to screw them in. And then if you don't do everything perfectly right, you got to take it apart and do it all. It's just fucking impossible, and it's irritating. So you're probably saying to yourself, Mike, why did you fucking do it then? Two reasons. My wife, my granddaughter. This is a dresser for my granddaughter. My wife said, you're doing it. So I don't have a lot of options at that point. And it's for my granddaughter. So I went back on my word. And instead of never having done this again, I did it one more time. And it was every bit of hell that I expected. And I will not do it again. Well, we got to a point uh, with my wife and I, uh, you know, when we'd move into places or out of places or my kids would move. Um, the closest my wife and I ever came to getting divorced is any time we moved any kind of furniture. It just never fucking went well. So, so I've told my wife, I said, we'll buy furniture. But you better figure in the price of shipping or freight or whatever it is. Because I'm not putting that in a vehicle, dragging it upstairs or downstairs and putting it in the place. I'm 62, too old for that shit, not as strong as I used to be. So whenever we buy stuff now, it's always delivered. And that's kind of how I felt about Ikea. Not a big Ikea fan anyway, but <clears throat> my granddaughter needed this dresser. So what the fuck am I going to do? But I promise you, never again, never again. It's just, it's work, man. You got to be thinking. You got to be multitasking. You got to be thinking all that stuff. And, you know, since I retired and I'm doing podcasts and TikToks, I'm not used to working my brain like that. It's just not fucking fun. So anyway, Usually my days are easy and spent playing with my grandchild or fucking around watching the news. Yesterday, 
I was immersed in hard labor, and I don't like it. I didn't do hard labor when I actually worked for a living. I'm certainly not going to do it now. But for my granddaughter, fuck it, I'll do pretty much anything she asks me to do, so... I'm kind of stuck. If my granddaughter comes up to me and says, Grandpa, I need you to build this Ikea thing, I'll probably fucking do it. I'll, I'll find a way out of it. Like, your dad's young. He should do it. But uh, I don't know. Anyway, that was my day yesterday. And I'm sure <laughs> you're probably wondering, why would he even bring this up? This is a show about news and politics. Well, you know why I brought it up. Because it's my fucking show and we'll talk about whatever I want and whatever you want, of course, too. Because when you send me emails, I always listen. Only two people can program this show, me and you. Everybody else can fuck themselves. All right, speaking of emails, let's talk about a couple of emails I got. This first one, I believe, is from Dennis. And he says, Dear Mike, I hope this message finds you well. Yes, I am well. I didn't fall. It is always great to hear your excitement about spending time with family and the fun stories of your granddaughter giving you shit. Yes, she gives me all kinds of shit, and I love it. And keeping your old ass in shape. Well, you got the first part right. In shape is another story. Although it has been a while since I last wrote, I'm still listening almost every day. I've been super busy with work, which is a good thing, but my boss is a dick. I work for myself. <laughs> I get it. I get it. The program director of Rational Boomer is me, and I can be a dick from time to time. So they tell me. Recently, I've been fascinated by geopolitics and world history, particularly from World War II to the present day. It's shocking to see how much we as humans rely on other countries for trade and globalization. America is pretty self-reliant. However, it appears that the United States is going to stop being the bodyguard of the seas. Our Navy keeps the peace of the world's oceans, allowing for trade without fear or major conflict. This change could put many countries in bad positions. If you're interested in geopolitics, I recommend checking out Peter Zeehan. His work focuses on geography, energy, and natural resources. If you've read his books, I would love to hear your opinion. I have not read his books. I'll be honest with you, I don't read as much as I should other than news stories and that sort of thing. When it comes to books, I generally listen to audiobooks. Two reasons. I'm in my car a lot. Number two, I'm lazy as fuck. I'm not going to... I don't get the time to sit down and read. Not that I couldn't make the time. I just choose to listen to it in my car. And, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the books I listen to are not politically or historically oriented. I probably should. But, <clears throat> again, I tend to be lazy. I believe that our two-party politicians aren't really all that different. One side panders to fear, the other side panders to compassion. But at the end of the day, they're the same. For instance, even though we have a Democratic president in the White House and the Democrats could have codified Roe v. Wade, they didn't. My point exactly. The point is they campaign on our emotions without delivering. We have a population shortage, and I feel that's why Republicans are pushing so hard on anti-abortion, and the Democrats are letting them. Maybe that's just a conspiracy theory I came up with. Ha ha. I don't know that it's a conspiracy theory. You know, prior to Donald Trump, you could say the Democrats um, and the Republicans were six of one, half dozen of the other. Granted, they had different directions, different policies, but they were the same kind of people. There wasn't that much difference. So much so, you had to question whether we had a two-party um, two system or not. Then, Donald Trump came in, turned the Republican Party into a cult, and we've got the Democrats who have had their problems over the years, but the Democrats look as good as they do. Not because they're that good, but because the Republicans suck that much. 
Both sides have problems. Both sides have failed us over the decades. Uh, Democrats are better and safer and more for the people, clearly. But over the long haul, like you said, they had plenty of opportunities, plenty of times when they've had power to codify Roe v. Wade. Why not? Did they not foresee this eventuality with a Republican uh, majority overturning Roe v. Wade in the uh, Supreme Court? Apparently, they didn't. And, and why didn't they? They didn't because they didn't think they had to. They had to focus on other things. What are those things that are going to make us money and get us votes? And at the time, because Roe v. Wade had been in force for like 50 years, they didn't want to put the time and effort into it. So they didn't. And look where it got us. Dennis goes on and says, on a separate note, we can start sounding the alarms on fascism. Yes, yes, absolutely. We should sound the alarms. What in the motherfucking fuck? <laughs> I like where you're going with this, Dennis. The bills being passed and proposed are getting out of control, and it seems like the situation is being downplayed in the news. The rise of the Nazi party was slow as molasses compared to what's happening here and now. What the fuck, Mike? Am I overreacting, or is this something that should concern us all more? You're absolutely right. You know, part of the reason we're in this position is because nobody ever reacted to fucking anything. We were apathetic. We didn't do jack shit. We just left it to the government, figured they'd do the good job. Well, clearly they're not. And, you know, as I've said in previous podcasts and on TikToks, we hold the most power if we're willing to use it. And that is the power of public opinion, the court of public opinion. But what it needs us to do is to speak out, speak loud, push back against our politicians, against the media. Just keep it in the ether so people have it slamming in their face. You're absolutely right. This fascism shit is getting oh so close. And we should take it seriously, and we should be pissed off, and we should be concerned. You make a good point, Dennis. The media is playing us this Trump and DeSantis battle. Well, likely some, like some silly comic book showdown, and it pisses me off. Sure, they're going to be some funny moments, but it's something that concerns me. Trump isn't going to live forever with his Adderall addiction and his love for stuffing the cock garage <laughs> with Big Macs. I've never heard that one. I like that, Dennis. We <laughs> we won't have to worry about him for too long, but DeSantis is going anywhere, isn't going anywhere, and he's smarter and more fascist than Trump. He is a worse alternative to Trump. People ask, how did the Germans let the Nazis just take over and do nothing? This is how they did it. This is exactly how they did it. Thank you for your time. I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Also, I would love to come back on the podcast and chat. Dennis, you're more than welcome anytime you want. In fact, it's been a while since we had a, uh, a guest on. So by all means, email me when you're available and we'll put you back on. Sharp guy. We had a, a good podcast last time you were on. So I look forward to doing it again. You're absolutely right. Um, the media, not unlike the WWE, is hyping and promoting the Battle of the Titans, Trump and DeSantis. I've told you before, I don't see Trump running for president in 2024. At best case, he'll be a third-party candidate, but I don't think he'll be in a position to even be able to run by 2024. But people have really built up this fear for Ron DeSantis like he's a smarter Trump. Well, <laughs> put it this way, DeSantis, DeSantis may be the smartest guy in a room full of dumb guys. That's who he is. DeSantis isn't that smart, certainly not politically smart. He is making a lot of mistakes. All he is doing is mimicking Donald Trump and maybe smoothing out the edges a little bit. He saw what Donald Trump did in 2016. He's trying to pull the same shit. It's not going to work. 
it's not going to work. Even if DeSantis got to be the nominee for the Republican Party in 2024, he'd get his ass kicked by Joe Biden or whoever the Democratic candidate is. Everybody really worries about DeSantis. Now, this guy hasn't even announced for the presidency. Don't worry about DeSantis. He's a lightweight. He is an idiot. And it's just not going to happen. All right, the next email comes to me from uh, self-described oldest boomer, Gary. That would suggest that Gary is older than me, which is a considerable, considerable situation here. Now, I'm 62. I'm on the young end of the baby boomer. Some even call where I was born Gen- Generation Jones. I think somebody just made that shit up. I get it. We're somewhere between Gen X and baby boomers. But if you look at the facts, baby boomers were born between 1946 and 1964. I was born in 1960. I'm a fucking boomer. I don't care what anybody says. So Gary says, hello, Mike, I listened to your podcast about CPAC. I am usually a calm, even-tempered person. As a psychologist and healthcare administrator for 50 years, I try to evaluate issues and offer a measured response. However, I am fucking pissed and agree with your comments that the GQP are hurting people and hurting families. I'm one of those families. Trump's insistence on calling COVID the Chinese virus has caused his racist redneck scumbags to attack Asians on the streets of our country. My children are Chinese, and we have been repeatedly attacked and accused of bringing COVID to the U.S. and told to go back where they came from. The recent CPAC attack on trans youth also hurts my family. My son is trans, and we fear for his safety from the Trump redneck scumbags. My family wants to live in peace and be safe. However, as you have pointed out, the trump want to hurt families like mine. Thank you for your support uh, and support of what's right and good for our society. Yeah, I feel for you, Gary. I know what you mean. It seems like... There's always some bully for somebody or some category. They don't like it or they're afraid of it and they attack it. We know that Asian people are getting attacked. We know that trans people are getting attacked. And it can be laid at the feet of Donald Trump. These racist, misogynists, sociopathic, pathological liars... They were all hiding under a rock. This racism and this prejudice that we see, this violent nature we see, has always been here. But for a long time, it had been stuffed under rocks. These people were afraid to pull their heads out in, in fear of getting their, their heads cut off. Well, Donald Trump made it popular to come out and talk the shit he does. And then, of course, when they got their, their land legs... They kicked it up a notch and kicked it up a notch. And those people who feel the way they do, but were always afraid to talk about it, are now talking loud and proud. They've created violent and dangerous situations for different categories of people. People of color, Asian people, Jewish people, trans people, LGBTQ people. It's not that they're just making hate comments anymore. There's literally physical violence against these people. This goes back to what I was saying on a podcast recently, when Mike goes to the dark side. You know, I'll be honest with you. All of my life, I've, I've been the way I am. I say the things I, I want to say, and uh, if people don't like it, I don't give a shit. And there were times in my life when I've been in the situations where I had to you know, get in the gutter and fight with somebody. Now, it's not been a long time. I'm not in fighting condition right now, physical fighting condition. But my point is, is when you got people literally physically attacking, injuring, and even killing people in these marginalized community communities, if you can't scare them with with uh, lawsuits or or criminal arrests, the only thing that's left to do is to fight back. 
you got to push them back into their rocks. And, and, you know, more and more of I see this. The Republicans are getting desperate because, because they're losing foothold on this country. The old white men are dying off. People are walking away from the Republican Party. The only thing they can do is do these outrageous things, go after people, injure people, stir up fucking violence. There's going to come a time, if people continue to do this, that we as a people will have to fight back. Now, how that will be done, I'm not sure. Are we talking the police? Are we talking to the National Guard? Are we talking individuals? I don't know. But if you want to shut those people down, you got to knock them down. It's unfortunate that that's the case. And people will say, Mike, you're promoting violence. No, I don't want violence. But here's the thing. If you do nothing, the violence continues. So if you have to incorporate some violence to stop the violence permanently, that's the last resort, well, then that's what you have to do. I mean, it's like that on the schoolyard with a bully. I've been in this situation before. Somebody picks on you. Mom says, don't fight. So I don't fight. So what's that kid do? Comes back the next day and bullies me and bullies me and bullies me. I've been through this when I was a little kid. Until such time, my dad said, look, man, you're going to have to fight this guy. Like, I don't want to fight. I could get hurt. Well, at some point, you get to the point where you've had enough. And then you fight back. And guess what? That motherfucker never bothers you again. That taught me a valuable lesson the first time that happened. There, uh, henceforth, I took that same attitude. I never got bullied again. In fact, I was able to get other people to stop bullying kids that didn't have the wherewithal to do this. I learned a valuable lesson. Sometimes you do have to fight fire with fire. I don't know what to extent. I don't want to see people get hurt or killed, but you got to stop this shit. You got to stop this shit. And if the police can't do it, and if our government can't do it, then you fucking find another way. I remember when my kid was young in, in daycare, we kind of knew all the other parents. And there was a bigger, older kid picking on my son. Okay. And I went to the teacher. I said, you got to stop this. And she tried, and it didn't stop, and it didn't stop. But finally, I went to the, the father, and I said, your son's doing this to my son, and it's got to stop. And he kind of laughed. Well, that happens, that happens. I said, no, you don't understand. If that kid does this to my kid again, then I'm coming to do it to you. You're right. I will kick your ass if your kid doesn't stop bullying. Now, do your fucking job and be a goddamn parent. Guess what? Kid didn't bully my kid again. You have to fight fire with fire sometime, or at least the threat of fire. All right. I've been talking too much about violence. I don't like violence. It's just that sometimes you got to do what you got to do to stop things. And it makes me angry too, Gary, that that we've got people attacking perfectly innocent people, whether they be trans or Asian or black or Jewish or whatever. They're getting attacked strictly because of their race, their sexual orientation, or their religion. It's fucking outrageous. And, and I'll be honest with you, I'm 62 years old right now. I, I'm not as tough a guy as I was when I was younger. I never really worried about getting jumped or picked on or or robbed or anything like that. But as I get older, I'm thinking to myself, I'm probably not as tough as I once was. So what do I do? Don't want to carry a gun. So what do you do? I don't know. You, you don't go to the areas that are troublesome, but this can happen anywhere, as Gary points out. It can happen virtually anywhere. This whole attitude with people, thinking they can do these things with no retribution, with no accountability, therein lies the problem. We need to mete out some more accountability. There has to be a price to be paid for fucking bad behavior. And that is one of the big problems in this country. I have a big problem with the judicial system. You'll take some kid that's got a pair of dice hanging off his, his mirror, drag him out, tase him, and kill him. But then somebody gets attacked in a park or something like that, and they go through the judicial system. It takes four years to get any kind of justice, if you get any justice at all. 
our judicial system from the Supreme Court down to the DOJ to our local uh, uh, DAs, it's not working right. It's all too fucking slow. And too many people that have money and influence get away. And all the poor people, people of color, people in marginalized uh, uh, areas are the ones that, that, that get hit the hardest. The, the, the middle class and the lower class get hammered for everything. And the rich and the famous and the powerful don't get shit. That's one area that we really need to push. That's one area that we need to argue and fight about because this cannot continue. The government's job, first job, number one job is to protect its citizens. And I say right now, our government is failing miserably, whether it be Democrats or Republicans. And this is something we have to address as a people. We have to argue and fight and yell and scream and insist on these motherfuckers doing their jobs. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. So we know the story that Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, the Republican, released all the surveillance video from the Capitol on January 6th to Tucker Carlson at Fox News. Here's what we know about Fox News and Tucker Carlson. Everything they say on the air is a fucking lie. We know this because it's essentially been proven by the exposure of the text messages in around January 6th, where they knew exactly what they were doing. They knew it was crazy to think that there was election fraud, that Donald Trump had won. They admitted that in their text, yet they went on the air and backed Donald Trump. So here is a company that's supposed to be a uh, trusted news source for the trump And now it's been exposed that everything they say is a lie. Now, do the Trumplefucks care? No, of course not. They don't care. As long as they're saying what they want to hear, it doesn't matter if it's true or not. But there's a problem with Kevin McCarthy releasing these surveillance videos to Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson cannot be trusted. Neither can Fox News. We know that now for a fact. But there are some security risks in doing this. When January 6th, the insurrection happened, they were looking for Nancy Pelosi and Mike Pence. So they had to try to secret those two away, among other members of Congress that were at risk, secret them away in places where they could not be found by this uh, toothless, redneck, rogue motherfucking pieces of shit that were attacking our Capitol. Now, If in these videos you get a sense of what these secret passageways or or rooms or areas, all that, if that's exposed, all that does is give the next insurrectionist better data in order to be successful the next time around. So you can see where the problem lies there and why people are upset with Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy is a, I want to say sycophant, but I think more a more better description is a suck ass. That's who he is. And he's sucking the asses of MAGA, particularly uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. And <laughs> just the thought of that is disconcerting. Anyhow, so he's handed this stuff over to Tucker Carlson. Now, House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries, a Democrat from New York, I'll just say this about Hakeem Jeffries. Here's my prediction for him. At some point in the next decade, he will be a candidate for the President of the United States. And the way I describe him to people, he's like Obama, but he's got a real big stick. This guy isn't worried about mixing it up. 
he's maybe what I wished Obama had been. Now, don't get me wrong. I like Obama. I thought he was a great president. He was respectful. He's somebody we could be proud to have a president. But we know in these days now we need more of a, a scrapper, so to speak. And Hakeem Jeffries is definitely a fucking scrapper. I can't wait till he gets the majority in the House and ultimately runs for president. I guarantee you he's got my vote. Anyway, House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries on Sunday said he has no indication police have gone through the January 6, 2021 footage that House Speaker Kevin McCarthy gave to Tucker Carlson. McCarthy has defended his decision to hand Carlson exclusive access to 41,000 hours of surveillance footage from the U.S. Capitol on the January 6 attack, saying he's taken action to ensure lawmakers' safeties won't be risked by the release of the material, says the guy who took 15 tries to get elected by his own fucking people. Yeah, I trust Kevin McCarthy. But Jeffrey said there are no signs the video has been screened by authorities. It's not clear to me yet that any material footage that any news personality at any other network may have has been vetted, but it must be vetted before anything is released into the public domain, Jeffries told CNN's State of the Union. McCarthy said Carlson pledged to not show any exits used by lawmakers and staff at the Capitol, but didn't specify anything he's done to ensure the safety of lawmakers and staff and that they won't be jeopardized by the release of the material. First of all, you hand the shit to Tucker Carlson. We know he's a liar. We know he supports insurrection. We know he supports overturning an election and overthrowing this government. He's not the guy you give these fucking tapes to. You know he's not going to use them for the benefit of this country. They are going to be used for the benefit of him. He's proven that. Now, there are... There are serious security concerns with releasing footage into the public domain in an era where political violence is on the rise. And there are people, including the former president, who fan the flames of extremism, Hakeem Jeffries said. Carlson, an ally of former President Donald Trump, who has spread conspiracy theories about January 6th and has condemned the work of the House committee that did the investigation, the January 6th committee said he'll be airing the material this week, and he did already air some of the material, and we're going to talk about that in the next next uh, story. Now, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer strongly condemned McCarthy's actions in a letter to Senate colleagues last month, saying it made Capitol Police officers' jobs harder. It also risked exposing the carefully laid out and highly guarded plans for con- continuity of government intended to preserve our democracy in the event of an attack, Schumer wrote. All things anyone would want to do to harm our country would love to learn. Meanwhile, Fox News personalities, private statements are being spotlighted in Dominion. You know, the the lies and Sidney Powell's crazy and there was no election fraud. All that in the background, but up front on television... It's all lies. Fox News founder Robert Murdoch, Rupert Murdoch, testified in a lawsuit deposition that some host endorsed 2020 election lies, and I would have liked us to be stronger in denouncing it in hindsight. You wish they denounced it in hindsight. Rupert, you run that fucking place with an iron fist. Nobody does anything you don't want to do. The only reason they did it is because they wanted to continue to make money and, and feed the fucking Trump-la-fuck pigs that wanted to hear the things you were saying. You could have stopped it. You didn't stop it. You think this is going to get you out from under this, this uh, lawsuit. It's not. You're going to get fucking buried. So, anyway, Tucker Carlson said that he was going to show these videos, or at least some of these videos, and he did. Tucker Carlson used surveillance videos from inside the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021, to falsely claim on his show Monday that no riot happened that day. 
Well, of course he did. We knew exactly what he was going to do with these videotapes. He was going to cherry pick them, pick out these things that supported his stupid fucking lies, and play them. Now, nobody of a reasonable mind, of a average or above intelligence, believes that shit. But the dumb, trump-la-fuck, evangelical pieces of shit, they love this stuff, and they buy into it because they're stupid. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy gave Carlson a well-known January 6th denialist access to more than 40,000 hours. Taken as a whole, the video record does not support the claim that January 6th was an insurrection, Carlson said. In fact, it demolishes that claim. Really? What about the videos of these toothless motherfuckers breaking windows, coming inside, shitting on the floor, stealing things, breaking things, claiming they wanted to kill Pence and Pelosi? If that's not an insurrection, what the fuck is? Yeah, I'm sure you can pull out some things from the Capitol on January 6th where nobody was walking in the hallway because not everybody was walking down every hallway. See, this this is what upsets me when you get these people spewing this stuff, trying to urge on more violence. Sometimes I think you just have to knock them on their asses one way or another, either through indictments. I would love to see these fucking clowns. Fox News and all these insurrections try to take the Capitol again. Try to take the Capitol again. See what's going to happen this time. Joe Biden's in office now. The National Guard will be there before you fucking get there and you try some shit. There's going to be a lot of Ashley Babbitts laying on front of that Capitol. I fucking guarantee you that. Anyway, supporters of the President Trump uh, fought police, of course. They smashed windows to gain access to the Capitol, where they ransacked several offices. But this was just tourists having a, a uh, polite protest. Now, the rioters assaulted about 140 police officers, but it's not an insurrection. According to the Justice Department and more than 1,000 people arrested in connection with the attack, 326 have been charged with assaulting, resisting, or impeding officers or employees. So if you know the facts, and we know Tucker Carlson knows the facts, but refuses to state the facts, and in fact states the opposite, the absolute contrary to what actually happened, You've got to question, how much longer can this fucker get away with it? We need this lawsuit to come slamming down on Fox and shut it down or, or, or uh, enable it to some extent. Because if the DOJ and the legal system doesn't make these people accountable, they're going to continue doing what they did up to this point. And this is proof positive that that's what's going to happen. Tucker Carlson's company may be decimated with a $1.6 billion lawsuit because they were making false claims. They were lying on the air. They're so worried about it now that they're still fucking doing it. I mean, what the hell? Now, Rupert Murdoch knows what happens and he wished he could have done differently. Well, Rupert, your golden boy, Tucker Carlson, is doing it again. Don't tell me you want to stop them, because if you did, you would be stopping him now. It's, it's absolutely amazing and appalling to me. And Tucker Carlson goes on and just continues to lie. Carlson said the crowd was enormous. A small percentage of them were hooligans. They committed vandalism. You've seen their pictures again and again, but the overwhelming majority weren't. They were peaceful. They were orderly and meek. These were not insurrectionists. They were sightseers. Now listen to me. If you've got 10,000 people in the crowd and only 2,000 try to overthrow the government, it's still fucking insurrection. Jesus Christ, how stupid are you? How much of a liar are you? But you're the same people that will whine and cry that people protested in front of uh, Supreme Court justices. They did it uh, with no violence. They they did what they could by by the Constitution's laws. 
They did everything they were supposed to do and nothing more. And you cried and whine about it. And you want an investigation into that, you fucking pussy. Most sightseers at the Capitol don't have to step over police barricades or broken glass in order to enter the building. And there usually aren't loud explosions and screaming mobs. Several reporters were present on January 6th, and it's hard to claim that day in any way resembled a normal tourist event. But Carlson, he fixated on a video of police officers appearing to escort the so-called QAnon shaman through the Senate hallway, suggesting he and others shouldn't have been charged with crimes. The Capitol Police told the New York Post they were trying to de-escalate the situation because they were outnumbered that day. Exactly. A couple of things to consider with the uh, U.S. Capitol Police. We know for a fact that there were some U.S. Capitol Police officers that were sympathetic to these fucking insurrectionists. Just as we know there are people in the FBI that are sympathetic to these fucking idiots. Just as we know there are people in the Secret Service that are sympathetic to these dumb motherfuckers. So, yeah, it could have happened. But that doesn't suggest that there wasn't an insurrection. Now, McCarthy's decision to hand the footage to Carlson represents a major escalation of the Republican effort to cast doubt on the insurrection, which McCarthy blamed on Trump in the early days. Right after it happened, McCarthy said, all Trump's fault. Now he's made up a different story. These people don't like the way history is going to write about them. So instead, they decide to try to change history. Well, it's not going to work. We know that everything a Republican does as of late fucking fails, just like their Lord and Savior, Donald Trump. Nothing but ignorant fucking failures. But they're going to try, and we have to sit and watch this, and that pisses me off. They're doing the same thing. Oh, we don't want to talk about critical race theory because it might make white people look bad. Well, let me tell you something. As an old white man, there's plenty of things in my history and beyond that I'm ashamed of that old white men did. And I'm ready to talk about it because I hope when my son and my grandkids are old white people, they don't make the same fucking mistakes. And the only way you can do that is actually know what the fuck happened doesn't have to be critical race theory. They've been trying to whitewash history for decades, from the time I was in school. There were a lot of things that happened in this country that I never knew about. Fucking unbelievable. What was that story? I think it was Tulsa, Oklahoma. You had a black community that was pretty well-to-do, pretty successful in their own right. The white people got tired of it. They went in, wiped them out, stole all their property, stole all their money. I never heard about that in school. Why not? I should know about that. But this is what Republicans do. In history, they would be shown as the criminals and the racists they are. Instead of just changing their ways and being better people, what do they do? They try to wipe away history so the young folks don't know any better. Well, I'll tell you this, motherfucker. I got two grandchildren. That's all I got right now. I've got some grandnieces and nephews. I'm going to tell them the stories. I'm going to tell them how bad you are. And I dare you to fucking stop me. Carlson claimed on Monday that Democrats suppressed video evidence so they could lie about the riot as a pretext for a federal crackdown on opponents of the Uniparty in Washington. Yeah. I think Gary said, I'm getting tired of it, too. I'm getting pissed off. I'm tired of people being able to say whatever they want uh, when they're lies and when they're inflammatory and when they incite violence. These people should meet the same response as they are asking for, violence. All right, I'm getting a little worked up here. I think I'm still pissed off about having to try to take that and put together that fucking Ikea dresser. God, that sucked. Donald Trump's White House ethics lawyer is looking at seeing his livelihood taken away from him. This is what's always amazed me. 
Donald Trump has these lawyers. He goes through lawyers like he goes through adult diapers. He doesn't pay them. He makes them do things they know they shouldn't do. And some reason they fucking do it anyway. And they put their livelihoods at risk. White House ethics lawyer, former White House ethics lawyer, is looking at seeing his livelihood taken away over accusations that he tried to influence staffer Cassidy Hutchinson from giving truthful testimony to the White or the House January 6 investigators. Now, Cassidy is an absolute hero. She's a young lady without a lot of experience, but she is the only one that has the courage to stand up and tell the truth. Our own former vice president doesn't have the, the, the uh, testicular fortitude to actually tell the truth about a group of people trying to overthrow this government. If a former vice president doesn't have the courage to do it, I don't know what he's thinking by wanting to run for president. He doesn't have a prayer. He's not the kind of person that should be president. He is the worst of us, and he is a Trump humper, and he should go the way of Donald Trump. Now, according to a report from Washington Post, Stefan Passantino is facing an onslaught of accusations from multiple sources that could lead to his disbarment, if not worse. It was previously reported that Passantino tried to get Hutchinson to withhold information about what was going on behind the scenes at the White House up to and after the Capitol insurrection. Remember, he told her, well, just say you don't remember. They can't prove you don't remember or you do remember, which is illegal. Speaking to the House Select Committee, she was upfront about her belief that she felt he was more interested in protecting the former president before she retained her own counsel. See, that's how it went. You know, Donald Trump and all his little Trump fucks made sure she had um, had a lawyer. You know, lawyers are expensive. She's just a kid. So she says, okay. And then when she got into it and had these lawyers and they were causing her or pushing her to lie, she realized that she was on the hook here. If she stuck with these lawyers, she was going to be on the hook and put her own life at risk, her own freedom at risk. So Cassidy, being one of the few heroes on the Republican side, said, fuck it, I'm not going to lie, I'm going to get my own lawyer. That's exactly what she did, and she told the truth. That's all we ask in this country, that you fucking tell the truth. But that seems to be very difficult for Republicans. Now, her claims have come home to roost for the attorney in the new legal filing. According to the Post, a 22-page complaint filed on Monday with D.C.'s Board on Professional Responsibility, prominent lawyers accused Mr. Passantino of the crimes of subornation of perjury, obstruction of justice, witness tampering, and bribery. The latter referred in part to Mrs. Ca- Miss Cassidy's allegations that his advice was to say little to the panel and was accompanied by assurances that she could get a really good job with Trump afterwards. Now, if he gets his license taken away, if he gets disbarred and that's all that happens to him, he's the luckiest fucking man in the world because these other things they're talking about are flat out illegal, like obstruction of justice, witness tampering, bribery, subordination of perjury. These are all illegal. You don't just lose your license for those sorts of things. You go to fucking jail. And I'll be honest with you, this motherfucker deserves to go to jail. Now, the complaint alleges the Office of Disciplinary Counsel should promptly initiate an investigation of Mr. Passantino's conduct. And if the facts described above are confirmed, seek his disbarment at the very least. The report adds that former White House staffer told investigators when Mr. Passantino announced he was her lawyer, he would not initially disclose who was paying him. He then sought to influence her testimony, she said, like by advising her to say she did not remember incidents, even if she did remember some facts about them. 
Mr. Passantino thought he was doing a good thing by protecting his Lord and Savior, Donald Trump. But guess what? He fucked around. Now he's going to find out. And he ain't nobody, so he's got no protection. Another interesting development. This is up in the Manhattan District, and it tells us that things might be getting a little closer there. Hope Hicks, a longtime aide to Donald Trump, met with the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg Monday, according to the New York Times. Hicks, who followed Trump from his company to his campaign and then to the White House in 2017, worked with Trump at the time he was dealing with the payoffs of two women who alleged that he had an affair with them. It was months before the 2016 election, and according to former Trump lawyer Michael Cohen, the candidate directed the payoffs that Cohen delivered. Over several months, Trump paid Cohen back, making it look like a retainer, the lawyer said. Cohen was arrested, prosecuted, and jailed by the federal government for breaching campaign finance laws and other financial charges. Trump, by contrast, wasn't held accountable, although he was he was referred to as an unindicted co-conspirator. So now that he's not president and he can be indicted and he's a co-conspirator, he should be getting the similar treatment that Michael Cohen received. Now, last week, former advisor and one-time campaign manager Kellyanne Trailer Trash Conway appeared at the DA's office to answer questions. Now, that Hicks has been spotted too. The Times reported she's is the seventh witness to meet with Bragg's office in the past weeks. The Times said they were unsure whether Hicks testified before the grand jury. Hicks previously testified to the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack and the attempt to overthrow the 2020 election. Now, I don't know who she testified in front of. She wasn't as forthcoming as Cassidy Hutchins, Hutchinson was. But I got to tell you, she's a young woman, and she sees the writing on the wall. She knows that Donald Trump is going down. She better tell the truth. She better do what she's going to do. Or like that lawyer, her career will be fucking over, if it's not already, just by being associated with Donald Trump. All right, this last story involves two people I do not fucking like. In his first television interview since making racist remarks that got his comic strip pulled from newspapers across the country, Scott Adams told Chris Cuomo he stands by them. Of course you do, Scott. You're like every other dumb Trump fuck. You're going to double down until you get cast off the fucking bridge. Last month, the Dilbert creator flagged a poll showing a thin majority of black people that agreed with the phrase, it's okay to be white, which is a refrain occasionally used with racist memes. Now, of course, this Adams, if nearly, he said, if nearly half of all blacks are not okay with white people, that's a hate group, Adams said on his YouTube show. I don't want to have anything to do with them, meaning black people. And I would say, based on the current way things are going, the best advice I would give to white people is to get the hell away from black people because there is no fixing this. And for this, Adams says, I'm standing by that. After he got decimated. His, his, his cartoon was taken off every publication it was in. But he's standing by it. Good move, Adams. How'd that go for all the other Trump fucks that did the same thing you did? Don't you learn a fucking lesson? You should be begging for forgiveness just for your very life, not only your livelihood. In response, newspapers dropped Dilbert and Adams lost a book deal on Monday. He doubled down in the interview with Cuomo on News Nation. Now, this, this, this Cuomo, not a big fan either. You know, when I first saw him on MSNBC, I thought, well, you know, he's kind of good at his job. He's kind of entertaining to watch. But as I got to know more about him, he is basically an entitled rich kid arrogant piece of shit and and has a tendency to to harass women 
there's nothing about this guy I like. And on this new network, News Nation, which I've never heard of, I can guarantee you he's not as make, making as much as he was when he was on MSNBC and his credibility as far as I am, I'm concerned. It's shit. And he is a piece of shit. So it's ironic that they both be in this program. Cuomo, uh, well, here's here's an interesting thing um, he was saying. Adams went on to say his words had been misconstrued. Well, I beg to differ. You said what you said, and it was very clear. But this is where the gaslighting starts. Oh, I didn't really mean that. I didn't really say that. No, motherfucker, that's exactly what you said. And you said you're standing with it. So take the heat. What I want your audience to know is that when I complained about black people having a bad attitude about white people, that was me saying nothing about black people. Really. Nice try, Scott. He said, it was saying, I don't want to be around people who have bad feelings about me. Now, you're a writer, and that's the best you can come up with? You fucking piece of shit. Adam stated when he refers to black people, he does not mean all black people. <laughs> well, you mean 50% of the black people, because that's what you were bitching about. I think you need to do some kind of huge disclaimer on it, Scott, uh, Scott Cuomo replied. So, <laughs> so this piece of shit, Chris Cuomo, was trying to allow Scott rehabilitate himself. There's no rehabilitation from this. You're saying I'm about to say something to try to rile people up. The only thing I'll push back on is, you know, I've read you saying that this was a poll that changed the course for you. Cuomo noted he does not rely on Rasmussen because of its clickbait tendencies. I said that initially when I heard about this story. Rasmussen is a shit pollster. They are never right. They are weak with the presidential elections. They tend to skew to the right. They tended to skew to the right during the midterms. And guess what? They were motherfucking wrong. I don't know why you would ever take anything they say as the truth of the matter, he said, and I agree with him there. More importantly, when you put the message out there, there has to be some accountability for it because you know how fragile our fabric is. And the idea of white people get away from black people, there are a lot of people who really believe that, Scott, and now you are counted among them. How do you counteract that? Adams replied that the white people are primarily responsible for his cancellation. Well, you bet your ass you are. You think the black people give a fuck about Dilbert? It's the dumb white people that read that motherfucking cartoon. So it is the white people canceling you. White people with a reasonable mind, above average intelligence. Maybe that's not your target market, Scott, but those are the people that don't like you now. And the fact that they don't like you is fucking justified. He goes on to say, it's almost entirely white people that canceled me, like that's a good thing. He said, it might be entirely because they're the ones that own publishing companies and newspapers. Cuomo said, you don't think black people were offended? And this is what he says. So far, every black person I've talked to, and of course, a lot of people contacted me, said that they say, said, hey, what's going on? And I said, look at the context. Adams insisted the broader context of his remarks was exculpatory in the minds of those he interacted with. So black America is actually completely fine. Oh, now you're speaking for black people, you white, pasty-faced, racist motherfucker. Nice try. Both conservatives and liberals, if they see the context, he continued, would understand. No, Scott, they would not. They would not. You're just bullshitting your way through this. I got to tell you, man, I'm with you. I'm with you, Gary. I get frustrated. I get angry. I get pissed off. Somebody needs to take a guy like Scott Adams and just slap the taste out of his mouth. Here's a guy that's been 
wildly successful, worth about $50 million, and he gets so caught up in his own press clippings that he thinks he can fucking say anything and get away with it. Well, I'm glad he said what he said because now we know who he is, and he doesn't get to reap the benefits and the money from the people that he hates. And I'm talking about people of color, and I'm talking about those folks that are white that support people of color, that are against racism. Scott's bitching about being canceled. I've said this a hundred times. I'll say it a hundred more times. Being canceled is not something you can control. You can't just say, stop canceling people. It's not nice. Being canceled comes from one thing. It comes from you doing something fucked up or saying something fucked up. The only way to stop being canceled is don't do or say anything fucked up. It's as simple as that. And Scott Adams, you said something fucked up and now you're paying the price. And you know what? I'm glad you were exposed for who you are. I never gave you a second thought, never read the cartoon Dilbert, but a lot of people did. But now they know who you are. And they can rid themselves and your fucked up ideology and put you in your place, put you where you belong. Get your cartoon out of the papers. Take the money out of your pocket because you fucking deserve it. All right, we're going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for spending the time you did to listen. I hope you have a great day and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.